You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Welcome back to another edition of Review and Preview, everybody. I am your host for tonight's show, Kyle Russo, alongside my co-host, Jans Montefusco. You might be asking yourself, where is Tom tonight? Tom has taken off for some personal reasons, but Tom will be back next week hosting the show, back in the main hosting chair, hosting Review and Preview. Um, Here on Facebook Live, streaming on this cool Tuesday, Tuesday night, make sure to follow us on our Facebook and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Review and Preview. You could also find us on anchor.fm slash Review and Preview. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we just started uh, about a month ago now, James, at, uh, yep. at Review and Preview Sports. Make sure to subscribe to that as well. Trying to branch our brand out as far as possible across all communities of social media, as well as all different types of platforms. But James, enough of me talking and introducing the show. James, how you doing tonight? You know, I'm not doing too bad, Russo. Um, a little cold outside, but you know, like you like cold. you a little too. Um, I did just see that the Pittsburgh and Ravens game just ended about five minutes ago. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking some NFL with you for crazy Thanksgiving Day games to Week 12 extending to today to. We'll all go through week 13 and all those changes as well. So I'm looking forward to talking NFL with you. Yeah, we'll preview that a little bit later, folks. But starting off tonight's show, we're going to get into some breaking news about what's going on across all all sports. Uh, but we're going to start it off with some local sports here in New York. So the New York Mets today signed Trevor May, 31 years old, uh, pending a medical clearance. This will add bullpen depth to the New York Mets bullpen, in which we know has been decimated over the past couple of years. Uh, they've tried to fix that over the last couple of years, but this will definitely help them. It's a two-year deal, around $15 million. He has an ERA of around 3.19 over the past three seasons with the Twins. Uh, straight out rate, uh, strikeout rate, 14.66 per nine innings, which is seventh in the major. So Trevor May, you know, this might be – it's crazy to think about, and I and I talk about it with some of my buddies too. I don't think I've ever seen, a, and I don't know if this is because of COVID or not, but I don't think I've ever seen a free agency in which it started and absolutely nothing has happened. James, it's crazy to even say it, but free agency has started almost a month ago, and nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. You got guys like Tanaka still on the market, DJ LeMayhew, Trevor Bauer. Um, there's definitely a bunch of other names. I know Justin Turner is another name, big name. That I'm forgetting about, um, not forgetting about, but just all these guys that are left on the market, and it, and my belief that it has to be. Well, obviously, as we know, the MLB, yeah, the money moves commence. Yeah, Tom alluded to it with the MLB losing out on as much money as they did this year, and obviously, we saw how seasons prior with the players' association and the owners' association and the league in terms of giving out contracts have kind of gone in favor of the team owners and the league in terms of giving out these massive contracts, considering the fact that these players that we think so highly of have not been getting that kind of market as of late. You know, you go back a couple of years, remember how long it took for Manny Machado and Bryce Harper to sign? 
and they winded up getting a lot of money, but nowhere near what, I mean, maybe Bryce Harper, but nowhere near Manny Machado of what was expected uh, for him to uh, acquire. And a bunch of other guys as well, you know, Trevor Bauer having a Cy Young type season, obviously a short season, but still well-deserved. This is a guy that can command 200 plus million dollars. And in a season in which the MLB has lost so much money, I don't know how it could be expected to give out that kind of contract unless you're playing for a major market team that has the capability to just throw that crazy type of money out at you. Same thing with DJ LeMahieu. Another guy with a massive, should get a massive contract, should. but it's just in a bad year in terms of the MLB having the money to do those types of things. I think what it kind what it ultimately boils down to is there's so many unknowns in the world right now. Uh, in a sense, uh, you know, from a Mets standpoint, we got a new owner. We're Sandy Alderson's back. We're still looking for a GM. We know who our who our manager is going to be, uh, Rojas again this this season. Um, I like the move. Definitely our bullpen guy. I think I saw a graphic today from, I believe it was the Mets or one of the Mets fan pages I follow. It's uh, May, Obi Lugo, and the Obi May in the seventh, Lugo in the eighth, and then Diaz in the ninth, I believe. Obviously, that might change, but that's what I just saw. Um, I think it also comes down to is how the rest of the, the leagues react. Like, yeah. We see what NFL is doing. They're not in a bubble situation. They're playing like they normally are in their stadiums with fans, without fans. I think uh, we're looking at NBA restarting come December 22nd, I believe. I believe they got a doubleheader that day. Um, Then we're looking at NHL supposedly starting sometime in 2021 within that first month or so. I think Dude, it also they haven't depends. even announced the date yet. Not that I've known. If anybody does know, give it a comment. Um, you know, I'll do some research on it as well. Um, but I think it comes down to is there's so many unknowns right now that these small market teams really hurt this season. Yeah. Um, by not having fans, us big market teams like the Yankees, like the Mets, we're able to kind of withstand that. Uh, no fans, no revenue coming in the door. Um, but some smaller market teams are going to hurt. Um, I'm also not really surprised many people moved in free agency at the moment because I feel like free agency usually heats up after the holidays, in a sense. That is, that, that is true to some senses. I, I remember, um, was it a year ago? It might have been a year or two ago uh, when the Yankees traded for Giancarlo Stanton. And that took place like a week before Christmas. But that was a trade that wasn't free agency. Yeah. But, yeah, James, like you said, these bigger market teams, you know, they're the ones that are going to flourish in a sense from this opportunity in which the rest of the league, smaller market teams, can't afford to pay these types of contracts and give them out to people. Um, an example, a guy in Charlie Morton, who's a decent pitcher this year, has been pretty great over the last couple of years. The Tampa Bay Rays just had to let him go because they just didn't have any yep. money. It's not because he wasn't a good pitcher. They just didn't have any money. And you see guys like on the market still, JT Real Muto, uh, Yasmani Grandal is a name that got signed last year as a catcher, and he commanded uh, $18 million per year, $73 million deal over the course of four years, JT Real Muto. Um, he's in that prime age right now at 30. You know, Mets team, 
can be because they are a big ma- uh, market team yet. Uh, can jump in on a guy like them, uh, JT Romanto, because uh, you know Uncle Steve. He's got the he's got the wallet, and they could, that's a team that could flourish, man. Really, and, yeah. I, and I know that and I know that free agency hasn't taken off yet, and you know this is probably one of the, I guess you'd say bigger moves because there really has been nothing yet. It's probably one of the bigger moves of the MLB offseason right now. But the Mets, I, I mean, if if Steve Cohen is true to his word about being a blank checkbook, JT Romuto, Trevor Bauer, even maybe a George Springer. I know you guys don't really need outfield help. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, I mean, that's a guy that uh, that's a guy that the Mets have to bring in at this point because Robinson Cano was out at yeah. second base, and it just fits perfectly because Robinson Cano being out frees up twenty four million extra dollars for the New York Mets right now. So this is a team, as we speak about right now in the New York Mets, that can flourish from the fact that because they are so big market, because they have the richest owner maybe in all of sports right now, or I think he might be. I don't know any owner that's worth $14.5 billion at the moment. But with that kind of with that kind of monetary value and income, he could bring all these guys in, especially because of the fact that not only will the Mets be more of an attractive place because they have new ownership and new management, but because they'll be the only team that's willing to pay these guys the money that, you know, they want. Yes. And so, uh, no, continue. Also- Please continue. It also comes down to that us Met fans, Russo, you're a Yankee fan, so you, I know you're loyal to your Yankees. We've had that conversation a number of times. People are loyal to whatever team yeah. uh, they follow, they root for. Um, but there's always been players that come into, say, City Field or uh, in a Mets organization being like, wow, these fans are for real. It's like, yeah, we are. We go through a lot of garbage getting slandered either by Yankee fans saying, oh, you made the playoffs for once and God knows how long, you know, as, as a joke. Or um, or like you, you hear other things like, oh, you know, they give up on their team. It's like we do, but we don't. And then it's like, but we just have a, such a strong fan base that we expect the highest, but also always get the lowest, but we always stick it out. We do complain. Yeah. But us fans, well, together. I don't know how many seasons I've gone with my friends or even with my dad to to losing seasons, to losing games, um, to watch the Mets, you know. Um, so for any sports fan out there that, um, you know, is watching the MLB free agency, even though Steve Cohen has the biggest checkbook, it depends on where the players want to go at the end of the day. Uh, Tom does have a comment. What about Jimenez in second? You know, yeah. he surprised a lot of people. He was kind of one of the uh, unsung heroes of the Mets as the season progressed towards the latter part of the season. But come on, you're not going to tell me if you have an opportunity to get essentially a DJ LeMahieu again, because I'm going to bring this point up. Because you freed up $24 million at four Robinson, you know, because of the PED substance abuse, and now he's out for the season. You're basically getting DJ LeMahieu for a free year, potentially, if you sign him. You can't pass up on that. I know Jimenez was great, but you're going to pass up on an MVP caliber player. And especially in a, in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap and you got the richest owner in sports, who cares? Who cares? Get, this is the time to say to yourself, this is a pretty, this is a pretty decent free agency class. Marcelo Zuna, George Springer, JT Realmuto, DJ LeMahieu, 
Trevor Bauer. These are some great names in sports. This is a team that should try to pay for as many people as they could get because of the fact that the Mets, James, I don't know how you feel, and I know we're going on a rant here about the Mets, even though it's a breaking news <laughs> segment, but the Mets aren't a team that aren't that far away. With, with the No. Because of the fact that they don't have Syndergaard and the starting pitching is a little lackluster right now because I don't really know what the Mets are going to look like in terms of that, aside from Jacob DeGrom. I know you have David Peterson. Um, I don't know if Lugo can start. I don't know if Gazelman is going to start, but that's not a really decent four. Steven Matz has been absolutely – Steven Matz was horrible this year, so I don't know where he comes into play, but that starting five is not good. I don't know what they're going to do there. They're a team that should cash in on a guy like Trevor Bauer. Don't be afraid to spend the money now. No, I th- it'll be the last thing before we move on. Um, so we don't beat the, the Mets to a dead horse, the Mets to a dead horse. But we're so close in, in a sense. All we need is a few key pieces to, to make the run, uh, to yeah. some sort of a run. Um, so I'm looking forward to the soft season. I'm looking forward to the free agency. I'm looking forward to all the trading deals because I know that's going to come up. That's going to come up rather quick before we know it because you know once some big name gets signed, it's just it's going to be a domino effect. Everybody's going to start doing it. I yeah. think that – it, it was the fact, like, all right, season ended. No clue when we're what's going to happen within the next few months. We kind of have an idea. Let's sign one guy. We'll see how it goes, and we'll just pick up from there. I'm looking forward to what this season has. Andy said, Andy Hopper from the Brew Party. Um, what's up, brother? He says, call up Tebow. Listen, when they're losing, when they're losing that bid. I'll call up Tebow, but when I have the opportunity to make a run at it, I'm not calling up Tebow. I'm sorry. Oh, it he's fine in Double A trip wherever he is at anymore. I don't even I don't even know where he is. With I don't even I don't even know if he's playing baseball anymore. I think he I don't gave even it know. Up. I think he gave but, it up. But anyway, let's let's move on to some other breaking news in sports. So shifting gears over to some football news, the 49ers are moving uh, to Glendale, Arizona, I believe, for the next month or five weeks. And they're yes. going to be playing all of their home games at the Arizona Cardinals Stadium for the remainder uh, of their home games uh, due to the new rules um, in Santa Clara, uh, California, where contact sports are no longer allowed at this moment in time, obviously, because of COVID restrictions. It, it's a sad it's a sad thing to hear. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video of Raheem Mostert, you know, crying about it, a guy that's been away from his family uh, forever now because of what season has done but you know this is what they signed up for this is this is the 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 crazy stuff that you know nobody could have planned out but it couldn't have been you know questioned in a sense you look at denver the nfl allowed denver to play a football game with a quarterback that wasn't even a quarterback we saw today the 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 ravens uh first off a football game on a wednesday which hasn't happened in 10 years i think or even longer than that uh, I think 2012. I 2012, think. maybe. But they allowed to play with 23 people that had COVID, including the MVP and Lamar Jackson. They allowed them to play. This is it's, – it's a sad case scenario because they're going to have to be away from their families and their loved ones. But this is – you know, the NFL is going to try to complete the season as safely as possible, and this is the, this is the rules and restrictions in which they have to adapt to, unfortunately. Yeah, for uh, 49ers to move, they 
from what I understand from the Sunday analysis on the Fox, uh, that's the that's the guys I watched Sunday before the Giant game, um, was they were saying that the NFL is going to try to do everything they can to keep everything on track. They don't want to have to push the Super Bowl if they have to add a week because of it. Okay, they don't really want to push anything because they commit. They got through twelve weeks and pretty and working pretty good with the twelve weeks, except for this week that just week twelve that just ended today. Yeah. Um, it's also the fact that the 49ers, the league looked at, I guess, other teams on how their home games uh, matched with the 49ers. I'd imagine they were just focusing on the West Coast and not the middle or the East Coast, coast of the country. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. But that's my guess is the Arizona Cardinals matched up perfectly when the 49ers were home. The Cardinals was always on the road. So it worked out perfectly. They'll play there. Oh, Listen, the when you play bring each other, I think they were supposed they were scheduled to play each other at Arizona, so it does work out even better. Oh, so it works out. So almost yeah. a home game for both. Funny. Um, I think it's also the fact that, like you were saying, the Ravens have what twenty three guys in COVID or something. You were saying something um, like that. Along those something lines. like that. And then you got Mark Ingram out tonight. Yeah, uh, Lamar out. Lamar, you know, other big night, big name guys. They signed up for it. Um, that you should know uh, that they they knew what they were playing, you know what was going to be experienced. I think it also comes down to like before the game started today, I was able to catch a peek of it. There, they asked uh, the Patriots, uh, Pittsburgh's head coach, like, "Do you feel bad for the Ravens?" He's like, "No." That's also a very big rivalry within sports, but they're like, "No." The, the, I, I don't feel bad because Pittsburgh had their games moved so many times because of this. Like, yeah, they lost Tennessee. the bye week. Yeah, they, they lost, lost the bye, bye week because Tennessee was another team in the beginning of the season that just broke protocols. And you know, maybe we'll hear something along the lines as the days progress about you know how did the Ravens tw- almost half their roster get COVID? That's one. On top of the yeah. fact, how they were not able to contain it is another thing. Well. That actually brings up another good point. Um, Saints got fined, and they yeah, lose the draft pick. Five, yeah, five hundred thousand dollars and a seventh round draft pick. I think not. Yeah. It might be this year, or it might be in twenty twenty two. I don't know. Um, but we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, last bit of breaking news: switching gears into the NBA. LeBron James signs a two year, eighty five million dollar max extension to stay in a Los Angeles Laker uniform. So that puts him at. I want to see LeBron is – I think LeBron is 34 right now. Let me look this up. LeBron is – LeBron's old. LeBron is old, but like fine wine, he never ages. LeBron will be 36 December 30th. LeBron will be 36 December 30th. So He'll at the end the of those 30. two years – at the end of those two years – he will be 38 years old. 38 years old. Stay with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think I saw something today that LeBron James has accrued over $450 million off NBA salary earnings. On top of that, he has a lifetime Nike deal. So that's, we'll see in the next couple of years, he will be, (laughs) he will be a, uh, another billionaire in sports. Um, And last bit of breaking news, uh, Leandro Ball. Signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. 
And now, as LeVar Ball stated, I believe, three, four years ago, back when Lonzo was drafted, and he promised the NBA that all three of his sons would be in the NBA one day. And that comes to fruition today. LeAngelo Ball signs a one-year deal. It's a non-guaranteed deal uh, to sign with the Detroit Pistons. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hey, listen, it should be interesting to see all the Ball brothers in the NBA. I do want to do a quick uh, fun fact uh, that – not many people might know of uh, LeBron James. So with this two-year, $85.7 million. So, guys, l- l- hear me out. You might mind-blowing stuff on here on Review and Preview tonight. Uh, so within one month, he gets $3.57 million. That's only one month. Um, one day, $117,397. Uh, one hour, $4,000. Eight hundred and ninety-one dollars. One minute. Uh, so if a minute went by, he just made eighty-two dollars, and in a second, he's making one point three six, a dollar and thirty-six cents. So, not so not so sure how that makes everybody feel right now. Doesn't make me feel um, good. I'm not. I'm not getting paid for by the minute. If I was getting paid by the minute, I'd, uh, I'd be on my way, James. Me and you would be, both be on our ways. Oh, yeah. make me feel. But you know, congratulations, well deserved NBA champion, full time NBA champion. Play until Ronnie joins the league. They'll play like one season. Uh, listen, I think that would be one of the greatest accomplishments of LeBron James' career. I, in a sense, he's signing this two year extension. Uh, Bronny, I think, is 16. Bronny is a kid that will be good enough for. He doesn't have to go to college. He'll probably come straight out of high school, just like his dad. And his dad has advocated for that as well. Unless maybe he wants to go to college for a year and LeBron will stick it out another year. And whatever LeBron does, he'll probably try to get himself on that team with his son so they can play together or even play against each other. That would be one of the greatest storylines in all sports. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but moving on. Mother's son. But moving on, uh, college football. James, there were some college football games on this week. And although. A decent amount of them were canceled due to COVID-19. And I'm going to read off to you a couple games in which were canceled. It's just it's just been another sport in which they're just trying to get through as safely as possible and as quickly as possible. Uh, Washington was supposed to play Washington State. That got canceled. Tulsa was supposed to play Houston. That got postponed. Ohio State uh, versus Illinois. I know Andy was looking forward to that game a lot even though he was saying Ohio State was going to crush them. Uh, That game got canceled. Wisconsin against Minnesota. That game got canceled. Temple, Cincinnati, that got canceled. James, your West Virginia Mountaineers did not get to play number 11 Oklahoma Sooners because that game got postponed. That's fine. It's it's fine. A lot of these (laughs) games were – a lot of these games that got canceled were, were, were big games too, Cincinnati being number seven, Ohio State being number four. Not that I saw these teams losing in this circumstance, but just the fact that a lot of these ranked teams had their games canceled. I don't know if they'll wind up making them up sometime in the season because I know they start to like to uh, get the college football playoff underway by end of December, beginning of January. So we'll see what happens there as we have now emerged ourselves into the month of December, December 2nd today. James, crazy to think about it like that. It feels like just yesterday. Um we had one of our first shows here on StreamYard, and that was all the way back like five, six months ago. But moving on, back into college <laughs> football. So there were some games uh, that happened this weekend. 
Uh, we're going to get right into it with first Tom Scavetta's Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, they played North Carolina and beat North Carolina this weekend, 31-17. Notre Dame clinches a playoff spot, clinches a spot in the ACC title game as the conference shuffles uh, the schedule to give the Irish and Clemson open dates next week. Uh, this is big for them. They've been one of the best teams in college football. I believe they rank number two right now in the country. I really I don't so. see them. I don't really see them moving out of this spot. I know they played uh, Syracuse this weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, they always play Syracuse tight. Notre Dame is a team that plays down to their opponent a little bit. North Carolina is a team that started off the year hot, but kind of fell off as they moved into that. I believe they were ranked number 20-something going into this game. And then they kept the game kind of close for a little bit. Uh, they played Boston College the week prior, very close. Um, but back into this North Carolina matchup, Ian Book goes for uh, 20, uh, 23 of 33 uh, passing completion, uh, 279 yards and a TD. Kyron Williams, the running back, he's just been on fire this year. Uh, 23 attempts rushing, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Javon McKinley leading receiver for them, six receptions and 135 yards. So let's switch over gears uh, to the Tar Heels. So for Carolina, Sam Howell completed 17 of 27 passes, 201 yards, one touchdown. Michael Carter, leading receiver, eight attempts, uh, eight attempts ru- leading rusher, excuse me, eight attempts rushing 57 yards, and leading receiver for North Carolina, Diami Brown, excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I believe that's how it's pronounced, Diami Brown, uh, four receptions for 84 yards. So that tops off that game. Uh, Notre Dame, like I said, plays Syracuse this coming weekend, and I'm trying to think of who the last matchup is. Do they? I think they play. Wake. No, this is their last matchup. So this is their last matchup. This is so they got to yeah. close out this game. This game is at home for them. They're 33 and a half point favorites, but like I said prior, they play they play down to their opponents in a sense, and they play closer than games should be in some circumstances. But we'll see what happens. You know, I would like to see what happens only because if they, the league is able to make room for them and Clemson to start off and make it a prime time aspect, um, I would like to see. Because it ultimately, even though they play down to their opponent, yeah, will they play down this weekend? Will they decide, will, will they figure out in a sense, because we see this throughout any league, a really good team playing a really bad team, for whatever reason, they play down. It's just the sports world. Will yep. Will Notre Dame come out this weekend and not play down and play at the level they they're supposed to, where they can a high caliber offense defense where they're supposed to, and then have that same type of momentum started this week, carry that wave over to a Clemson game where they will be probably facing Trevor Lawrence. You know, a, yep. a healthy. T- healthy Clemson team in a sense. Um, I would like to see that so they don't play down only because I doubt even if they lose, they'll lose their number two seeding, their number two rank. Um, But it's never good to play down, lose, especially if you're going to be playing a team like Clemson, like a number one seed the following week, you know, because it it always – it never works out good. And we see that in the sports world. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to say they're going to play down uh, again. Syracuse has been a team that plays them tightly, but Syracuse is also one and nine this season. They've been absolutely horrible. So this should be an easy closeout game for the rest of the season for Notre Dame to cap off a 
an excellent season. I believe they, yeah. yeah, they would go undefeated this season if they were to win this game, which would be spectacular for their uh, organization for their team and organization. Moving on, one of the biggest games of the weekend, Oregon State, who was uh, not ranked, upsets Oregon, and Oregon falls down to number 23 in the rankings. Uh, they lose this game 41-38, to getting into some of the stats. Oregon State's quarterback, Tristan uh, Gabia, I believe that's how it's pronounced, 23 of 37, uh, completion percentage, 263 yards, passing, one touchdown. Uh, Jamar Jefferson. Uh, running back for the Oregon State, for Oregon State, uh, 29 rush attempts, 226 yards, and two touchdowns. He, he's putting up like um, Derrick Henry numbers right there. Yeah, massive numbers. Yeah. Massive numbers for some uh, college football. Another college football running back that went off this weekend. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Jamar Patterson, I believe his name is, for Buffalo, had like, I, I don't even know, like 400 yards and eight touchdowns in a game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You think that you think, the de- you think the defense would get the memo that their offense starts <laughs> and concludes with that one player and they look to stop him. You can't put all, all you can't put all the guys on that one focus, forget yeah, the wide receiver, put, just put, stack put the box. Yeah, put eleven the fizz on. Let them let yeah. them make it look funny. Don't let them make it look funny. They can to let them do that all day long. But moving back into this Oregon State upset, uh Colby Taylor, lead receiver for the Oregon State for Oregon State. Uh, seven receptions, 114 yards. Switching gears into Oregon, uh, Tyler Shaw, uh, 20 completions out of 31 attempts, 285 passing yards, two TDs, but two interceptions. Mm. Probably cost them the game late. Travis Dye, 12 attempts, rushing 93 total yards. Devon Williams, four receptions, 101 yards, and one TD. So that knocks off an Oregon team who started off the season 3-0, um, which is bad for them. Uh, and those as they will two, not go ahead. As they probably won't, because uh, I believe they were within that top before the game. I could be wrong. Within the top ten, top fifteen, and now move themselves all the way down to number twenty-three. Even though I don't even know if they would have been able to qualify based on the amount of games that they played. Because, like I said, this game now makes them three and one. So, but not good for them. Not a good loss. No, uh, especially with the. I just want to make a quick point here, Russo. Um, with yep. the two interceptions being the score ending in 41-38, those Costly turnovers. two picks cost. So, you know, they could be looking at, the, at a different thing, but Oregon with the upset. So, phenomenal. Yep. Moving gears going down south. Florida beats the Florida Gators. They've been fantastic this year, led by Kyle Trask. Beats Kentucky. 34 to 10, Kyle Trask, 21 to 27, 256 yards, three TDs. I saw his stats this morning. Just 30 touchdowns this season with only three interceptions. Absolutely insane. That's that, that's some Patrick Mahomes type type stuff. I get it. This is college. Uh, but that's some insane numbers. Especially because I believe I think that Florida has like I want to say they have like two or three games remaining. Yeah, two games remaining. One against Tennessee, and I know that they're 17 point favorites against them. But Tennessee has not been the greatest of programs this year. And LSU, who's completely fallen off uh, to round out the season, I believe, next week. Uh, next weekend. So keep on, uh, I don't want to say padding the stats, but adding to your your Heisman run. Is, he is one of the favorites to come out with the Heisman Trophy. Moving on to the rest of Florida and the rest of these Gators. Damian Pierce, 
eight rushing attempts, 67 yards. Kyle Pitts, one of the best tight ends in all of collegiate football. He, uh, I believe he's entering the draft this year. He'll probably be one of the first tight ends taken off the board. Five receptions, 99 yards, three touchdowns for him. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, quick side note. Yeah. You say one of the best tight ends in college football. Yeah. Where do you see him going? I mean, Giants kind of need a tight end. Is is he a block? Is he more of a blocking tight end, or is he more of like an Evan Ingram tight end where he can line up anywhere? Because the, then that makes a difference walking into the league. Because sometimes some teams just in the NFL just now want a blocking tight end. Um, I don't want to say just on a blocking tight end. They want a they want a tight end that could. Can block as well as catch more often than not. I mean, obviously, like you see at the running back position, teams love having an explosive running back. They also want to. I mean, look look at the Giants, right? The argument yep. before Saquon got hurt, oh, he needs to become a better blocker, and then look what happened with that. But that, that that's kind of the argument is that they want a combination of both. But Kyle Pitts stands at two hundred forty pounds, six six. So I don't think that blocking okay. will be that big of an issue. Yeah. No. On top of the fact, so let's look at some stats right now. Uh, Pat Fryer moved Tom Scavetta saying from Penn State if he's there potentially. Uh yeah, I believe that Kyle Pitts, I I think that he'll just be the one of the first tight ends, maybe along with Fryer Muth off mm-hmm. the board. But this is a guy that I could see taken potentially in the top 20. Definitely a first round draft pick. And if he falls, you know, if he falls to a Giants second round pick, do the Giants even have a second round pick this year? I think that I Got think it. they do. They don't have a third round pick. They have a second round pick, I believe. Uh but yeah, an explosive type player has ten touchdowns this season. Ten touchdowns in only five games. So it's been a fantastic player this year for the yeah. uh, the Florida Gators. I mean, again, uh, I was off track, but I know that's a big point. You know, uh, no, yeah, within no, the listen. NFL, every you know, and if he's moving on for the draft, always I'm always trying to think ahead. You know, I got trying you. to sprinkle in some other stuff. I got you. I got you. And now moving on to Kentucky side of the ball, Terry Wilson, the quarterback, completing 10 of 18 passes, 62 yards, one TD, and two interceptions. Nassim Rose, running back for the Wildcats, 15 attempts, 58 rushing yards. And Josh Alley, uh, six receptions for 32 yards. Um, Kentucky really just had no chance in this game. I believe that the quarterback had only thrown the ball to three three people all game. So just uh, just really no chance against the Skaters team. Some other games, not going to really get into the details of it, but Georgia beat Carolina, South Carolina, 45-16. Clemson Tigers beat the uh, beat Pittsburgh 52-17. to And just quickly rounding us out, just going to list off some big games that we got coming up this weekend. Uh, Notre Dame versus Syracuse, as me and James talked about earlier. Iowa State, who's number nine in the country right now, go up against uh, James's West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, Florida plays Tennessee, which, again, it's another unranked opponent versus a ranked opponent in Florida. But Tennessee is 17-point underdog, so watch out for that game. That could be a close game as well. Texas A&M going up against Auburn. Two Texas teams, it's always fun. Auburn hasn't been a great team this year. Would expect that to be a close game as well. I think so. Texas A&M is only favorites by seven in this game, even though Auburn isn't even ranked. Texas A&M stands at number five right now in the country. And then Alabama versus LSU. It's going to be uh, one of the last games on Saturday night. 
8 o'clock this Saturday night. Uh, Alabama's 29.5-point favorites in this game. Again, LSU has just fallen off completely. They lost so many people last year in the draft. Uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, to name a few, and then a bunch of other guys that got drafted as well uh, from both sides of the ball. So that's why they're having kind of a down year right now. And then one of the one of the what would have been the biggest game this weekend because it was the only matchup in which it had two ranked opponents versus each other. Uh, number twelve versus number sixteen. Uh, number twelve Indiana versus number sixteen Wisconsin. But Wisconsin is now favorites by fourteen because earlier this week, I believe last week, uh, quarterback for Indiana, uh, Michael Penix Jr. tore his ACL and is out for the remainder of the season. So. That'll hurt them tremendously and kind of put a damper on their season and end for their season. Uh, really a shame because he was having a good season and he was carrying this Indiana team as they are five and one and their only loss being to Ohio State at Ohio State and only by a touchdown. So a shame for that because really could have uh, they wouldn't have made it into the top four, but could have potentially see them move work themselves down into that eight seed, seven seed potentially. Well. It seems like we got some a lot of unranked matchups this weekend that could possibly sway some things in a sense, possibly. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, one of the closest margins in which uh, is being projected in terms of point differential is this Texas A&M-Auburn uh, game in which Texas A&M is only seven-point favorites, yet they're the fifth-ranked best team in the country right now. So that, could, that, that will most likely be the best game of the weekend. Well... Got nothing going on Saturday. Watch that game on Saturday. I mean, <laughs> yep. and oh, another game that people are talking about: Ohio State versus Michigan State. Um, I've heard rumors that that game may not even be played potentially, so we'll see what happens. That's what I've that heard too. Because that's that's supposed as Ohio State had had to cancel their game against Illinois last week, and then, excuse me, not knowing the circumstances now. Um, against this Michigan State team, especially because they have to travel. So we'll see what happens there. But that'll round us out uh, for our college football segment of today's show. And now, James, we are going to go quickly into our team of the week this week, folks. It's only an hour and a half show, so we're not going to be doing it at the top of the hour, but we're going to do it right now at 7.38. So James, I'm going to throw it to you first for your team of the week. What so my, team, my team of the week. Is gotcha. the Washington football team. Woo-hoo! Yes, the Washington football team. I, I, I normally don't pick within the same division at the, as the Giants, but as a Giants fan, as an NFC East rival, as a fan of football, I do not like the Dallas Cowboys. Um like probably most Giant fans, Washington fans, Eagle fans, fans of football because they're supposedly America's team, all that nonsense. They beat the Dallas. They gave the Cowboys a spanking on Thanksgiving. I would loved it, eating my turkey and everything. You know, I was feeding. Zeke was not feeding. So I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> um, so – the Washington football team is my team of the week. Russo. Quickly, James, if you could pull up that quickly before we uh, move on into my team of the week. But Tom Scavetta, please explain why the two of you are obsessed with the Washington football team. Um, Tom, it's not an obsession. But if you realistically look at it right now, at this point in time, 
the Washington football team from a roster standpoint and a health standpoint are probably the most complete team in the NFC East right now. They got their healthy starting quarterback. They have a fantastic, fantastic rookie running back in Antonio Gibson. They have a decent array of receivers in Terry McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas at the tight end position, who's been pretty good. He's been good. Yeah. Um, Antonio Gibson has also been a dual threat Swiss Army knife because he was a receiver. I know he made a mess. He was a running back, but he was a receiver in some cases for them as well. So he's been a Swiss Army knife for them as well. Uh, Dustin Hopkins is not a bad kicker. And this defense, this defensive line is stacked. The defensive line is put together by a bunch of first-round picks over the course of the last five years with some decent guys in the secondary and the backfield as well. You got Ryan Carey in the linebacker position. Uh, the front line, De'Aaron Payne, ja, John Allen, Chase Young. The list goes on and on. I don't – I believe Matt Ioannidis is back. Actually, I don't believe he's back. And then you got in the secondary, you got Kyle Fuller. Uh, excuse me, Kendall Fuller mixing up uh, the Real two brothers. Fuller. Kyle plays for Chicago. Kendall Fuller and then Ronald Darby as well in that secondary. They're not a bad team. No. They're really not a bad team. Along with Montez Sweat on the edge as well. They're really not a bad team. You know, I'll stand on this point. I believe that if Washington had Alex Smith in the beginning of the season to start the season, I would say that Washington would be winning this division right now. And to be quite honest with you, especially due to the injury of Daniel Jones, at this point in time, my personal opinion, this is Washington's division to lose because they have one of the easier remaining schedules left. Yes, they go up against Pittsburgh next week, but they round it off with San Francisco, which is a winnable game. They play Seattle, which again, Seattle is kind of kind of falling off a little bit. They played that game way too tight against Philadelphia the other night. That, that, that's a questionable performance right there. Yeah, their defense kind of came to life in a sense, but too close at the end to really say they're at the, they, they're at the next level. Then they then they play Carolina, who's without you know Christian McCaffrey, which is the the engine of that offense. And then they end off the season at Philadelphia, who is just just awful. So they could they could potentially run away with this division. They could potentially run away. So to answer your question, Tom, that is the reason why. But to get back on track, uh, my team of the week, the Tennessee Titans, just absolutely obliterated the the Indianapolis Colts. And I know that this was a game last week, James, if you remember. But the four of us, me, you, Tom, and Andy Hopper, who was on with us last week, were debating. And I think we actually split even with this, where Andy and you were calling Indianapolis. I know Gabe in the quick picks picked yep. Indianapolis. Me and Tom were rolling with Tennessee. And it was just a complete vice versa of what happened the first matchup. Because the first time around, uh, Indianapolis went to Tennessee and just beat the brakes off of them in the second half. Yeah. And then in this game, they just, just could not stop Derrick Henry. If we get if we could get a stat line up real quick, I know we had three touchdowns, but the he yardage had, that Derrick Henry had 178 uh, rushing yards, yeah. 178 rushing yards for Derrick Henry. It, it to Derrick Derrick Henry, I, I can tell you, I was facing him against fantasy against one of uh, against one of my best friends, you know, in fantasy, and we we were going back and forth throughout the day and um i looked at my phone at one point he texted me and i looked he's like derrick henry's going off and i looked at her my fantasy team and his fantasy team and i was like all right well um i lost this week he 
in in I'm in a different league than Russo, but he put up like 61 points against the defense I have, and the Colts defense only put up four points. So Russo, I like the team of the week. Um, yeah, you know, good? it's a team. It was a statement game, especially for this division, which is played now very tightly. I believe they own. Yes. I think Indianapolis. I think that Tennessee leads the division right now. Let me check for you real quick. Yes, Tennessee. Yes, leads the division eight and three, and Indianapolis seven and four. And if you go through the rest of their schedules, they're they're both just playing a bunch of easy bottom easy of the teams. barrel NFL teams. They're just not really playing very tough competitive opponents. So that would be yeah. one of the, probably one of the best one of the best uh, divisions left in football to play uh, for the remainder of the outcome of the season. But that's that's it. Team of the week. Now, James, let's transition and do a little NFL Week 12 recap for you guys. So we're going to start off with Thanksgiving. Bruce, do you want me to take a take on Thanksgiving? Give you a little break. Well, well, let me say this first, then you could and then you right. could take the reins, James. So Thanksgiving, a holiday, be thankful for a lot of things. But let me tell you something: this thanks these two Thanksgiving Day performances. I was not very thankful for these games were atrocious, the both of them. But James, now you take over. Go take over. All right. So alluding to that, um, Houston at Detroit. Uh, usually, the Lions are always playing on Thanksgiving. At least for the years I can remember, they've always had a Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, they always they started the tradition. They started yep. the tradition, they which is always it. nice to see. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure their fans would love to see a win, um, but they didn't. They lost. Um, you know. Just, I think they uh, lost 41. Yep, oh, I, God, I, what was the I was getting 41. that. They, they lost a 41-25 against this Houston team. Matt Patricia's gone. Um, who else is gone? Bob Quinn Bob is Quinn, gone. The GM, he's done. The GM's gone. Um, actually, fact on Matt Patricia, he only won 13 games, um, 29 losses, any tie when the, he joined them. He joined them back in February of 2018. Um, he was with New England. They hired as a head coaching job in Detroit. Obviously, those stat lines look terrible. Um, but Houston had a field day. They were eating some good stuff. I'm going to refer to that for Thanksgiving because we're all eating some good stuff. Yeah. Um, so Watson completely goes off. 17 for 25, 318 yards, four TDs. Will Fuller has a game, six receptions for 171 yards, two touchdowns, and J.J. Watt. Yes, we all think he should probably be on a different team, winning championships. He's like the Mike Trout of football. At one point in time, he was he was that up and coming, phenomenal defensive yep. player, and an injury kind of injury that regression. Yeah, but he he's been looking phenomenal lately. He had an interception. He he's looking good. Um, he had an interception return for a touchdown. She put some more yes. points on him. He, and then the Lions, I'll get to the Lions stats. Stafford, 28 for 42, 295 yards. A touchdown, an interception. Did not look good. That team did not look good. I don't even know how they scored 25 points. I think I watched the game before I went to my grandparents for Thanksgiving, and that was it because that game was just terrible. I think my dad's like, oh, what, you want it on? I'm like, no. That football game was ferocious. It was any, interesting any, because this game was this game was close. If you if you watched it, 
It was close in the beginning. Third quarter, midway through the third quarter, the score was only 23-17 in favor of Houston. And then the fourth quarter, oh my goodness, they scored. They just they just kept on pouring it on. Oh, they yeah. just kept pouring it on, pouring that stuff on like gravy. They just kept on pouring it on them. But Detroit was without some key pieces. They were missing Kenny Galladay, which is big. Uh, they were missing DeAndre Swift, which was big. He's been worked into their offense tremendously, yes. a big piece of them. But it was about time for Matt Patricia. He needed to be fired, especially because Detroit, and, you know, uh, I don't I don't have any stats right in front of my face right now, but Jim Caldwell was a guy that they fired who was 10 times more of a successful coach. And they yes, fired him for Matt Patricia. And just, I mean, it was just a very, very failed and flawed experiment. Feel bad for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's a good, good quarterback. The hopefully with new general managing and a and a new coach. I know he's in his thirties, so hopefully he gets a real opportunity to be a real good team because he's not. He took the midnight train. Yeah, Tom. He he did take the midnight train. Um, we'll just give him a real you. opportunity to be a successful quarterback in this league because Matt Stafford is not a bad quarterback. If Matt Stafford has no. healthy Kenny Galladay, a decent offensive line. Uh, I love Adrian Peterson, but you you will not win week in and week out with a 36, 37-year-old running back, no matter how much of a phenomenal running back he was throughout the course of his career. And a defense, no matter how many stars they add, not not stars, no matter how many former Patriots they had, they just don't seem to really be improving on all cylinders. Because for a Houston Texans team to absolutely obliterate them with one weapon in uh, Will Fuller, it's just a shame. Just a shame. Yeah, no, that they don't look good. I, Russo, I do have to say it was a close game, but it wasn't entertaining for me for whatever reason. No, because um, it was but, just, it was two teams that weren't going to make the playoffs. It was, it was exactly two, one team that already fired their coach, and then Detroit fired their coach a day later. It was just it, so, just, it just wasn't a prime time type of game you wanted to watch. But we move on to Washington and Dallas. Usually, Dallas always probably gets the second. Probably the second team that always gets a Thanksgiving Day game. I'll get through this oh, game yeah. rather quickly. Uh, Washington at Dallas. Not surprised. It's in Jerry Jones' land. Um, Washington wins 41-16. Alex Smith. Tom, I'll answer your question now since Russo answered it. The reason why I like Washington, Alex Smith is a difference to maker. When he came in, when, when we played him against the Giants, I was concerned we were going to lose because Alex Smith came in. You see the numbers Alex Smith puts up. They're pretty good each week. Second off, Ron Rivera beat cancer. I have to give hats off to him for coaching this team, even though they don't have many wins, but able to coach this team throughout his chemo with that with his radiation, whatever kind of treatment he got, and he beat it. So I give hats off to him to continue that coaching stuff, and I'm looking forward to what he has to do. But back to this game, Alex Smith, uh, 19 for 26, uh, 149 yards, one TD, an interception. Gibson had 20 attempts for 115 yards with three touchdowns. They were just running all over uh, Dallas with them. Smith, I think, threw to six different wide receivers. Um, I mean, Dallas did not look good on defense. They don't look good on offense. And I'll, here's the stats, let alone, uh, you know, you guys can see him. Dalton, 25 for 35, 215 yards. That's not terrible. One TD and an interception, but Zeke on ten attempts with only thirty-two yards. You he is since he's he, gotten the contract. He's just he has been he has had butterfingers. I think he has like 
I saw a stat yeah. line. They pulled it up on Thanksgiving. He had five fumbles his entire career, and he has five yes. fumbles on top of that alone just this season. So he, just, I he think keeps he, on turning over the football, killing their team. I think he's missing Dak because when we saw it, when Dak's in, he's able to perform. When Dak's not in, he's not really able to perform. So I don't know if there's something that correlates with that. Not too oh, sure. No, it's, not even, it's, it's not even that. I mean, he just, he just hasn't been a good runner. And maybe it's due to the fact that the offensive line has been so poor. But prior to, uh, not this week, but the week before, Ezekiel Elliott had a 100-yard rushing game. I believe they, yeah, they played Minnesota. He had a 100-yard rushing game for the first time in nine games, in nine straight starts. So he was really falling off. Um, It didn't look good in this game either. Really, in fact, looked terrible in this game. They're not even giving him the ball anymore. No. Ten attempts. This was a guy that was getting like 25 attempts last year. Cooper with 112 yards on a touchdown. Uh, So, and Jalen Smith went an interception. Dallas – Really didn't have much, only scored 16. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of Jerry Jones at the end of the game. He was like, holy cow. Yikes. Um, So the third game, the game everybody was probably looking for, the actual game of the week for Thanksgiving, Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. Didn't happen, guys. Did not happen. Um, Because all the COVID things, they moved the game, I think, three, four times. They moved it three times. They so moved it to the Monday night, then they moved it to Tuesday night, and then it just got done about an hour ago. So, to quickly summarize that game, didn't really wasn't able to really watch it fully. Don't have much to go on it because it ended as soon as our show went live, practically. Um, so, with that, Pittsburgh won. RG3 was in. He got hurt. He was out. It looked like they were wrapping up his hamstring. Um, Pittsburgh defense looked like the defense, um, they were missing. Um, Baltimore was missing a missing Gladik Ingram, uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. You name it. You know the the two studs on offense right there. Uh, Des Bryant was on the field catching balls. Um, it was an interesting game to watch for a Wednesday. I really didn't watch it to be honest with you. Um, but no, this game was this game was terrible and really by uh. Yeah. And really, by so, both sides, we're going to be completely brutally honest. They um, kept rescheduling it. I don't even think a lot of people watched it. It's in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day. Not probably many fans watched it. But that brings you to the end of week 12. That was the Thanksgiving Day game to a Wednesday game. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, Russo, anything else with the Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving Day games before we move on? Uh, just real quick, um, in this game, Bud Dupree got hurt, and it's being reported that the Pittsburgh Steelers fear that he tore his ACL. So that's 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 huge. That's, that's huge. huge. That's, that's very a big. massive contribution to their defense that could potentially be out for the – and it probably will be out for the rest of the year. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they, technically these Thanksgiving games, though, this one played today, weren't, they were not good. They were not good. No, um, I'm hoping everybody enjoyed their turkey more than the game. So we'll move on to actually the Sunday games. Yep. Uh, we'll start with uh, Miami versus the Jets, another great way to start. Oh, oh, right. breaking news real quick, James. Oh. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no, go, go ahead. Breaking news from the NBA. The Houston Rockets have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a first-round pick. That's being reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. Wow. 
Wow. All right. Wow. Well, so Houston, we have a problem. That means to me that it is over, ladies and gentlemen. James Harden will probably be next. Because I'm yeah. sorry, I love John Wall a lot too, but when you trade for a guy who's earning that kind of money and has not played a game of basketball in two years, and you trade away Russell Westbrook, oh, man. Dude, uh, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, that's going to be nice. That's going to be a good combo. But John Wall and James Harden, I'm not saying John Wall can't be a good player, but James Harden, I don't think he's going to want to play now. So we'll see what happens with that. But I just wanted to break that in real quick because – Nope, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, that's two that's, massive updates. Bud Dupree, one of the best defense players in football, torn ACL. Now two superstars traded for one another. No, I agree. Um, Tom with a quick comment. Giants beat Ravens week 16, mark it down. All right, yeah, we'll mark it right. down, Tom. I look right. forward to seeing what your pick is in the uh, quick fix segment. Uh, you better pick it in week. the quick fix. You better but, pick it in the quick fix. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. So to continue on from week 12, to finish week 12 up, uh, Miami versus the Jets. Uh, Jets are home. My question is, Gase is still the head coach um, after a 20-3 to loss. Very mind-boggling. Uh, Fitzpatrick goes for 24 for 39, 257 yards, two touchdowns. I I don't understand how he still has the job, let, let alone the edge of – go ahead. Let, let, me, let me explain to you. I think the Jets know that – because this is what happens with teams usually, and you see it all the time in football especially, let alone other sports as well. When a team fires their coach, they almost all all the time that next week the team looks like a completely different team and wins the game. I think That's the true. Jets at this point are committed to Adam Gase because they know that they just will not – that if they, they move on from him and add another coach, they just won't win. Because you well, remember, wanted... the Jacksonville Jaguars are also – they're 1-10. in 10. So if the Jets were to win, they'd be 1-10 in 10 as well. And I think Jacksonville would then take over that number one spot. I think the Jets know okay. that they cannot literally afford to win a game, and by keeping Gase, they have the best opportunity to do so. Now, my next question is: You saw Darnold come back, comes back in this game. He does sixteen for twenty-seven, one hundred and ninety-seven yards with two touchdowns, um, two, two interceptions. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, two two interceptions, two interceptions. I don't know why it's a touchdown. It's two interceptions. You you had Joe Flacco start. Played a lot better than Darnold, scoring a lot more points, and you have Darnold start. I'm a little confused by that, only because I, Bruzo, that was a great analysis. They don't want to win because they want Trevor Lawrence or whoever they pick, who, whoever their guy is. The country's probably saying Trevor. I don't well, understand. It's, but, it's it's sad because if you, James, if you really paid attention these last couple of games that Joe Flacco started, those are the games in which the Jets played their best football all season. Well, that's what I'm saying. They if played you, if, fantastic, fantastic against New England. They lost. Yes. They led the entire game, Joe Flacco, the entire game. They looked they great lost. against the Chargers. All game with Joe Flacco. They still lost the game. Yep. I, I don't think they, they – I listen, Sam didn't play well. I'm an advocate for Sam. This didn't help his case scenario at all, even though Miami has a great defense. They were kind of in a cluster of a situation as well because Tua got benched. They have, like, no starting running backs at the moment. 
and then they lose and put out 20 to three. I mean, uh, in their two games against Miami this year, James, they've been outscored 44 to three. 44 to three against this team. This is one team. Yep. They're, they're losing on purpose in a sense, and I hate to see it at the cost of Sam Darnold because he's a young guy who really has never really gotten a strong chance to prove what he's got. And it's at the expense of his career to get this other guy, Jeff Lawrence, to revitalize this Jets organization. Well, I feel bad for him. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll come on who they play next week. But you know what? Whatever happens with the Jets organization, I feel bad for the fans because I'm sure they're just sick and tired of it. But also, they're probably happy because they get the first-round pick and want Trevor. Um, so it's almost like a win-win for them in a sense. I'm not a Jet fan, so I can't speak for it. But we continue. Um the next big game I think we should talk about. Gabe yeah. covered it yesterday in the North Pole. Check that out um, on Anchor uh, if you missed it. Carolina versus Minnesota, right? Yeah. Did, were you able to catch the last few minutes of the game at all? Yeah, I watched the touchdown to Chad BB. Nice. Does this make you feel as an outsider – not a fan of uh, the Vikings. How does that make you feel with Kirk Cousins? Do you think he got his groove back? Or do you think he has the fans on his side? Do you think he has the offense on his side? Uh, to be remember- honest, James, this is like, this was, again, this is me looking on outside looking in. This is like a meaningless game to me. because. Once Minnesota lost to Dallas, that that yes. was showing me your true color. That's the team that you are. That's the team that you are. It wasn't just a fluke game. That's been who you are all season long. Remember, they started off the season in their first six games. They were one in five, the first six games. Yeah. They went to Green Bay. That was impressive, and they beat Green Bay. You beat Detroit, who's terrible. You beat Chicago. Who's also terrible? You beat, you lose to Dallas, who is in uh, just incredible, in incredible fashion how you lose that game. And they beat Carolina, who doesn't have Christian McCaffrey, on top of the fact this is Teddy Bridgewater's first game back coming off of injury. So I can't say that much in terms of Kirk Cousins, because personally, even though he put up a good stat line, 370 yards, three TDs. Again, they didn't have Adam Thielen, so I guess that's big in a sense. I mean, it is big in a sense, but... Yeah. I mean, Gabe could attest to this. This offseason killed them because for some reason they just decided to let everything go on the defensive side of the ball. Everything. Xavier Rose, who's balling right now with the Colts, uh, passing on uh, Linval Joseph, who's now with the Chargers, who's quietly having a good season. And they replaced them with a bunch of rookies, first-year rookies, and a bunch of no-name guys, and and I'm putting them out there every single week, which is surprising because Mike Zimmer is a coach that leads his team on defense. And that's the type of product you're putting out week in and week out. You're allowing the Dallas Cowboys to score 31 points on you? I mean, come on. Really? It's terrible. That's terrible. And I I don't think Gabe would argue with me. It's a down season for them. 
But as crazy as it sounds, as we're talking negatively about them, they have an outside chance to potentially make the playoffs, depending on how the rest of their season goes. Especially yeah, well, with the expanded why, playoff race right now, they have a chance. That's why I wanted to bring it up, you know, because we we hear Gabe's side a lot because he has a show and stuff. But I wanted a, an outsider opinion on it. And also we have to remember Cook also went down. Alvin Cook did he go went, down in this game. But I did, but he I, should he went, be back. Yeah, he came back, I believe. And then Thomas. Michael mm-hmm. Pierce opted out. That would have been an upgrade over Joseph. Yeah, you're right, Tom. That would have been an upgrade over Joseph, but this this secondary is just in complete disarray. Uh, Daniil Hunter got hurt in the beginning of the season, and then he was out for the rest of the season when they thought they were only going to be losing him for three, four weeks. He wound up having uh, season-ending pectoral surgery, I believe it was. The Yannick Ngakwe experiment failed miserably, and they traded him. They traded for him and then traded him again after five games played for him, six games played for them. The, the defense has just been completely terrible. And I don't I don't think Gabe would argue with that. Maybe he would as he watches the team closer than I do, obviously, as a fan. They've been terrible from that standpoint. No, I, I would happen to agree, but... Yeah, and, seeing- and now, James, you've done a great job. I'm going to take back. Thank over. you. So, um, another game this weekend, Arizona versus New England. Uh, New England surprisingly wins this game. 2017, Kyler Murray, 23-34, 170 yards, one INT. Kenny Drake, 2020, uh, 200. Excuse me. Let me catch my breath real quick. 22 rushing attempts. My bad. 78 rushing yards, two touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, five receptions, 55 yards. Switching gears over to the Patriots. Cam Newton, 9 of 18, 84 yards, two interceptions. James White, five rushing attempts, 18 yards. Two TDs, Damian Harris, 14 attempts, 47 yards. Kobe Myers, five receptions, 52 yards. Cam Newton's just another guy at this point right now. And it's sad to say because Cam Newton was an MVP five years ago. And, I mean, terrible in this game. And, you know, if you can't make it work with Bill Belichick, I don't know if you're going to be able to make it work out with anybody else. And I get it. They've been, a team, they've been a team hit by COVID tremendously. He was hit by COVID. The offense he, is terrible. So a lot of players opted out because of COVID. They, they, they've been hit hard, no doubt. But, I mean, his individual numbers have just been terrible. Well, I also want to point out, I have him on my fantasy team, and I just got a notification. He's questionable with an abdominal. Adamant. Adamant. Yeah, abdomen injury. Yeah, if I'm so saying that, that correctly. That means, that means Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer would get the start, which is not – good if you're yeah, a patriot but i just fan, wanted to bring good. that up so yeah no listen it's it's been that kind of season for new england and i think you're seeing that on both sides of the ball the biggest debate over the past 20 plus years was is it tom brader's bill belichick and i think you see now with both of these cases it wasn't one of them it's that they both needed each other yeah and, you know people make the argument oh well well, Tom Brady's older, so you can't make an argument. And people well, Bill Belichick, he's missing a lot of pieces. You can't make that argument. I'm going to say right here, they needed both of each other. They needed both of each other. That's just bottom line of the case. They put each other both in a great position to succeed week in, week out. And every Super Bowl that they were able to reach, I think they were able to – Tom Brady has three losses in the Super Bowl, so nine Super Bowl appearances were able to come away with six of them. They both needed each other. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. But now back on the Kyler Murray standpoint, this is bad for them. 
This is really, really bad for them because now they're falling in the West. They got lucky that the Rams lost this week. Uh, but this is bad for them. Uh, Kyler Murray hurt his shoulder a couple weeks back, and I, I think it's really coming into effect where you're seeing that. He hasn't been mobile that much either. DeAndre Hopkins was absolutely shut down by Stephon Gilmore, probably hands down the best corner in all of football. But that'll be something to definitely look out for, especially because I know they play the Rams this weekend. So him going up against another fantastic defense, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, uh, Michael Brockers, all those guys. Just fantastic those guys. defense. Uh, Cleveland versus Jacksonville. Cleveland wins, edges out Jacksonville. I don't even know how this game was close. 27-25. Mike Lennon of the Jaguars, 20-30. to 30, uh, 20 completions at 35 attempts, 235 rushing, uh, 235 passing yards, two TDs. Uh, James Robinson, 22 rushing attempts, 128 yards, one TD. He was an undrafted guy, and he's been one of the best Woods. quiet rookie performers um, this year so far. Uh, been a nice surprise and definitely been a good addition for Jacksonville. It shows really the turn of that organization now. They drafted Leonard Fournette just a couple of years ago with the fourth overall pick, and he was supposed to be the running back. And they get an undrafted guy in James Robinson. He's one of the best rookie running backs in all of football, if not the best rookie running back in all of football right now. Uh, crazy to even say stuff like that, but that's the case scenario. That is the case. And now going over to uh, the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 19, 19 completions out of 29 attempts, 258 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb is amazing. Nick Chubb, yeah. 19 rushing attempts, 144 yards in TD. Kareem Hunt, 10 attempts, 62 yards. That tandem is the best running back tandem in all football. There's no, there's not even a question. No, there's no Jarvis doubt. Landry, Jarvis Landry had himself a day, 144 yards receiving. Uh, 143 yards receiving, one TD, eight receptions. Really came alive in this game. But again, way, way too close for comfort. Uh, on both sides of the ball, just did not play great. Uh, again, no. maybe this was this was more maybe to the fact that maybe he didn't plan for Mike Lennon, maybe plan for Jake Lawton, because I know that was the quarterback they were running with the past couple weeks. But very, very bad in a game that should have been a blowout, especially a team that looks like they're trying to lose games to pick a quarterback themselves in this year's draft, 27 to 25 against this team is just very, very bad for them. But yet they, and this might be funny saying this, the Cleveland Browns are the worst nine and three team that I think I've ever seen. They are the worst yeah. nine and three team I've ever seen. They don't, they play a lot of easy opponents. They win the easy games and they come out victorious in some other opponents matchups as well, but they don't look like a great team. If you watch well, them closely, especially from the quarterback play, they just don't look great. Did you see that one play? I, they were, I think they were on the, like the five or ten yard line, going in for a touchdown. They had two open wide receivers right in front of the, the goal line. But yeah, and he misses. Yeah, he misses. Uh, he misses Kareem Hunt and the other receiver. I believe was Jarvis. No, David and Joe, who I believe was just misses on an open slant route. You you can't get any more space than that. And two guys were open, so you could have picked your poison. Like who, which one you wanted? Basically, but basically, that's the story of the Cleveland Browns this year. Eight and three is Tom uh, helping us out in the chat right now. Um, moving on, we talked about the Tennessee Indianapolis game. Tennessee absolutely obliterated this team. More so to the fact that Derrick Henry obliterated this team. Um, with the Tennessee Titans, I know AJ Brown had a great game as well. Ninety-eight yards, yep. uh, four receptions with a TD. He had like a seventy-yard touchdown or something like that. 
It's absolutely insane. Killed my fantasy team this week, James. Really, really <laughs> terrible situation. Terrible. AJ Brown killed me. Justin Jefferson killed me. Sean Ooh, Watson killed me. You got slaughtered by a lot of people in fantasy. Yeah, this week. And, and wait till we get to the Kansas City game uh, with uh, Cheetah Tyree Kill. That killed me. That that oh. that was the nail in the coffin. That was the nail <laughs> in the coffin. I, I got, with uh, all of the, with all of that happening, I was still in it. But Tyree Kill going off for sixty four. That two hundred yards in one quarter. That that killed me. That was it. But moving on, moving right. on. The Chargers <laughs> played Buffalo. I feel bad for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. Yeah, he is. Um, he's phenomenal. He's just phenomenal. He's, he's an excellent some- quarterback. I think he's going to run away with offensive rookie of the year. Um, especially so. now that Joe Burrow is hurt. I don't really see anybody else winning it. Um, but they lose 27-17. Josh Allen, 18 of 24. Bad game by him. I don't know if bad game by him or more on the fact that I think Buffalo was coming off a bye week as well, so maybe a little, a little frozen lag. start there, a little lag. 157 yards, one TD, and an INT. Evan Singletary coming live for this rushing attack. 11 attempts, 82 yards. Uh, Josh Allen rushed for 32 yards as well. Gabriel Davis, 79 yards and a TD. I believe he caught this TD by teammate uh, Cole Beasley through the touchdown, I believe, to him. I could I be wrong, but I'm almost correct. positive that was the case. Uh, moving on to the Chargers side of the ball, Justin Herbert, 31 completions out of 52 attempts, 316 yards, one TD, one IT. Josh Kelly, attempts, 5 yards, and a TD. Keenan Allen, four receptions. 40 yards and a TD. Justin Herbert, however, did fumble the ball two times in this game. Buffalo was a good defense. They have a good defense. They were playing on the road. I'm telling you this though. I, I, Anthony Lynn is a great coach. I don't know how much. I don't know how much tenure he has left though, because they just keep on losing games that they that they should win. Are just too close. And mark my words, the Los Angeles Chargers get a run game. Watch out for them next year. They draft the running back next year. Watch out. They'll be a great team. This Watch was out. the this was one of the biggest shockers of the week in which probably a lot of people in Vegas lost money on. The Las Vegas Raiders lose to the Atlanta Falcons 43 to 6. 43 to 6. I, Matt Ryan w- without Julio Jones. Without Julio Jones. And Todd Gurley, I think. And Todd Gurley. So uh, yeah, no I see Gurley running back. No star running back, no star wide receiver, and you beat them 43-6. to six. And what's crazy about this game is they won solely on behalf of their defense, which Atlanta is notorious for having literally one of the worst defenses, if not the worst, in all of football. Uh, so that's really was, all to say. I mean, I was, was, I, was, I, was, I was a team advocating for the Las Vegas Raiders, but this game is just, I mean – it shows you who's pretenders and who's contenders in this league. Yeah. And it shows you. You want me to pick up from here, give you a little quick break? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Go All ahead. All right. So we got San Francisco versus the Rams. Uh, San Francisco wins on a – I believe it was a game-winning field game-winning goal, 23 field to 20. Uh, Mullins, 24 for 35, 252 yards. Um, so he looked good. Sherman had an interception. Uh, who else? Uh, where was I thought there was a big stat line. I guess I was wrong. Um, yeah, no. Raheem Mostert, forty-three rushing yards at TD. Yeah. Samuel, one hundred thirty-nine yards receiving. I um, thought there was some 
other big name that went off in that game, but I guess not. But Jared Goff did not look himself. Um, I think the 49ers are the Rams kryptonite because for whatever reason, the 49ers have won the past few meetings with the Rams. So different, but you know what? That was a good game considering San Francisco did not have their top wide receiver or their actual starting quarterback that, and Jimmy G. So it didn't have Jimmy G, didn't have George Kittle, you know, working for he most are back in the lineup. I think this was his first start in like five so. something weeks or something like that. Uh, again, back to my earlier point, shows you who are pretenders and who are contenders. I'm not exactly. worried about the Rams, but in a division as deep as they are in with teams like the 49ers, with teams like Seattle, with teams like the Arizona Cardinals, you got to win this game. You cannot lose this game. Oh, 100%. You have to win. Um, but moving on from that game, we just to mention the Saints versus Denver, the Saints do get fined quite a bit of money um, and lose a seventh-round draft pick, Russo, I believe. Yep, um, $500,000 uh, in a seventh-round draft pick. Due to the new COVID rules that NFL came out with, everybody on the sidelines is supposed to have a mask on when you're not playing, when you're sitting on the bench. Uh, it looks like a few of their players or coaching staff did not. That's why they got hit. That's the second time they got hit with that. So second fraction, bigger fine, bigger punishment. And a loss, but, of, the, and a loss of draft pick. Yeah. So they easily take down to Denver. I'm not re- We're not going to spend much time on this only because Denver had none of their starting quarterbacks due to the fact I believe what it was – was one of the quarterbacks had COVID nineteen, and then it was spread throughout the quarterback room. They tested they negative, they all, tested positive. They were all the rest of the quarterbacks, I believe, were high risk, and that's why they were ruled yes. out. But so, I was just, which makes sense. I was just shocked in this game that the NFL was able to move the Pittsburgh Steelers game back three times, but they couldn't move Denver back a day. So at least well, a day to get a solid quarterback in there. You had to. So I th- a practice squad wide receiver who completed one pass all game had to be Listen, a start. You couldn't give him one day. They weren't going to move around because that wasn't a big game, realistically. But that's the not, biggest that's not game fair, was fair, though. Because well, I you know, know it's not was, fair. If this was if this was Kansas City, that game would have been canceled. We we saw what happened. We saw what happened with uh, the Ravens game, right? Yeah. The Ravens, I guarantee they moved that back not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. You, so you that the Ravens can put some yeah. good players out there. No, I know. Listen, hey, I wish that – I think the offensive coordinator even said, can I play quarterback to the NFL for the Broncos? They always tried to do that. Him. So they tried to do that. You they know, taste the middle and everybody else in the 49 uh, – New Orleans had a day. Um, but good for them. Then we move on to Kansas City versus Tampa. Probably one of the best games of the week. Uh, Kansas City wins that game. Mahomes 37 for 49 with 462 yards with three TDs. Holy cow. Wow. Edwards Hilaire, 11 attempts, 37 yards. All right, Russo, I, I know this was the nail in the coffin, but Hill, um, he only had 13 receptions, and he went for 269 yards with three touchdowns. Only, James, right? Only. only. 
only that he was just warming up. If they had a fifth quarter, I'm sure he would have had like 300 plus yards. And then Travis Kelsey also has a day um, with eight receptions and 82 yards. And Hill comes out, I believe, the other day saying, who is Patrick Mahomes? Why did they draft him? I think he's garbage. That's a great storyline to see uh, how the tables have turned (laughs) and how you could go from being called out as garbage by your teammates to being a $500 million quarterback in a matter of two years. So that was crazy to see. Love to see it. That was a great game. Uh, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady does not look he, – he, I don't think Tom Brady can play primetime games anymore, and you can argue with me in the comment section next week. I don't think he can play primetime games. I just I, I don't think, think it's a matter of him playing primetime games. I just don't think that they, they've figured out their own team yet. You know, no, Bruce Aaron's made a statement after the loss, and it was, it was a very intelligent statement, and which took back a little bit. And he said uh, – he said, you, like addressing the, the public, the world yeah. media. He said, you guys, you, you know, you, you see all these smart pieces slapped together and, you, and you're handing us the Lombardi trophy. He goes, that's not how it works. You have to play together. You have to develop chemistry. And that's just something that on both sides of the ball, this team is not done. Todd Bowles, I don't know how he's still a defensive coordinator because this defense is stacked. Defense soft. Oh, yeah. They are stacked. The fact that you allowed 200 yards to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter, what the hell? <laughs> I was watching this game. I'm like, all right, he has 200 yards in the first quarter. At this rate, we're going to see a 1,000-yard receiving game on Tyreek Hill. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Again, the numbers are receiving, folks. This game was not close at all. Uh, Kansas City just played conservative football, and Tim Bay was able to take a little bit of revenge and try to crawl themselves back into this game, but it was not – it, it was not this close. It, it was, was not. not um, also, that it was a good game. I do have to say it was a good game. I mean, the biggest storyline was the Tyree kill going for 269 yards. Uh, and I think there's the, – before we move on to the Giants and Cincinnati game, yeah. um, the biggest storyline is from Tampa. I think they're trying to figure out their offense because they got two, a lot of key wide receivers. Um and they don't really use the run game very well. I think once they can mix up the run game in that, use the run a little bit more, set up the play action, I think we'll see them gel, click on all cylinders. It's taken them a little while, but I think they're going to figure it out. But, Russo, why don't you talk about our New York Giants for Cincinnati? Woohoo! Um, this game was horrible. This game was really was terrible, to be honest for me. Uh, be honest with you, from start to finish, it was terrible. Um, Giants come out with a victory, nineteen seventeen. Dan Jones, sixteen of twenty seven. Believe me, like two hundred thirteen yards. Um, and they tweaked his hamstring. Colt McCoy came in, six of ten, thirty one yards passing. The Wayne train, Gallman, twenty four attempts rushing, ninety four yards. And a TD, Evan Ingram, six receptions, one hundred twenty nine yards. Still dropping passes and fumbling the football. Stone Shepard, seven receptions, 64 yards. And Nico Lalos, I believe his name was, a uh, little yes. game highlight Lalos. for him. First career start, uh, one INT for him uh, really helped uh, with this offense, especially because Brandon Allen, the opposing quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, just 
it was really bad for him all game. I, I don't think he eclipsed 100 yards until the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. So defense did a great job all game. 17 of 29 for him, 136 yards, one TD, one INT. Giovanni Bernard, eight attempts rushing, 32 yards. T. Higgins, 40. Uh, five yards, uh, five receptions, 44 yards, and a TD for him. But let me explain why this game was terrible. This game should have been an absolute blowout. And it shows you, if this game doesn't show it to you, then I don't know what will. The Bengals don't have a starting running back. The Bengals started a quarterback that I believe had one of his first starts ever in his eight-year mm-hmm. career this Sunday. And the game was this close. And, in fact, again, they could have lost again. The last two minutes of the game, the Cincinnati Bengals were on the 50-yard line. They had to move 10 yards. James, if they move 10 yards, they bring out Randy Bullock to kick the game-winning field goal and the Giants lose. And I don't yeah. want to hear it's because Daniel Jones was not in he got hurt with five or seven minutes left in the third quarter. The offense couldn't do anything all game against a defense that isn't good. In fact, got traded one of their best defenders away to the Seattle Seahawks and Carlos Dunlap. The defense is terrible. The offense, as you've seen, is nothing without Joe Burrow, nothing without Joe Mixon. And the Giants can't do anything except for on defense, even special teams, James. Give up a hundred three yard touchdown to Brandon Wilson. Uh, Special teams. They 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 look terrible. I can tell you, they they look like trash. I'm sorry. And the offense is just not good. And I want to bring this point up to you because I don't know how you feel, James. And actually, I do know a little bit of how you feel. You were texting about it. Again, I'm going to say this again. I said it early in the season when the Giants played the Washington football team for the first time, and I said they don't trust Daniel Jones with the football. That's why I believe that they cut his attempts in half. Because in that game, he was averaging around 31 attempts per game. In that game, he only threw the ball 19 times. But it didn't come from his attempts this time, which made me question. In the beginning of the game, James, it was their first drive, in fact, I believe. They were on like the one or two yard line, and they gave the mm-hmm. ball to Wayne Bowman, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. To get in the end zone. They didn't give Daniel Jones one opportunity to throw the ball in the red zone. And what does that tell me? That tells me that you think he's going to turn it over if you give him a shot to throw it into the end zone. Four times. Four. You didn't give him one opportunity to throw the football for a touchdown. There's no, I, I don't, by me, there's no argument. Maybe I'm looking at it a little differently and maybe too deep. But four times. With the running back. Again, this is not Saquon Barkley. This is not no, Dalvin Cook. This is not Derrick Henry. This is Wayne Roman, who's a backup, being nice for the Giants. But they don't trust the quarterback here, guys. To throw the ball in the end zone. So that, my that's my personal opinion. My quick opinion on that is they've done this in the past. I think when we had either Shermer or McAdoo. And we ran. We we. I've seen that play done. I've seen it done before for us Giants over the last few years. I was actually sitting at home and was getting frustrated. And I'm like, throw the ball once. Why are you going to waste three to four opportunities with running the ball and not getting it in and not settling for anything? I understand our defense is playing phenomenal, playing probably top five, top ten defense in the league. Oh yeah. 
The defense is fantastic. I've said it before. They're playoff Super Bowl-type caliber defense. The offense is just so bad. But at least just try one pass. One pass. Yeah. A crossing route, one pass. And if that pass falls incomplete, fine. Go back to the run. I just wanted to see a pass because I – but that's all I'll say. Yeah. And now Daniel Jones is hurt now. Um, Again, because he's running the football. When yeah. again, I, I've been on the show. I've been an advocator for it. I said the quarterbacks need to run the football. The problem is this: is that the Giants have developed a playbook where most of the positives that come from Daniel Jones' game have been running the football, and now he's got a hamstring injury. And, uh, yeah. and now Cole McCoy is the starting quarterback for the Giants, as far as I'm concerned. Well, they did bring in Alex, Alex Tanny. I I just don't see, especially yeah, because Alex probably... Tanny hasn't. He he's hasn't had any gonna, snaps in how long. Yeah, he's he's going to probably be McCoy's backup, but yeah. But anyway, moving on, uh, two quick games, yeah. and then we'll uh, look to round out the rest of the show very quickly. Uh, Chicago plays Green Bay. Sorry, Andy. Um, Chicago's got some major problems. Green Bay absolutely torched them again. The score is deceiving. It was not this, even though this is not a close score, forty-one to twenty-five. It was not this close. I think Aaron Rodgers had four passing touchdowns in the first half. This game was over uh, in the first yeah. half. It was and awful. he breaks the record. 50,000 passing, yard, 50, passing yards? Yeah. Uh, very impressive for Aaron Rodgers. You know, this is kind of a revenge season, drafting Jordan Love with that first-round pick instead of helping Aaron Rodgers out, the guy of the now instead of the guy of the future. But he's been phenomenal. Aaron Jones, 90 yards. Uh, Williams, 73 yards in a TD. Uh, Devontae Adams, Robert Tanya, and Adam Lazar. And Lewis all had TDs as well, and Darnell Savage coming out with two interceptions. Matt Nagy's wasting this defense, and they need to figure out their quarterback issue ASAP. Moving on to Seattle game. Seattle at Philly, again, we talked about it a little earlier. This game was way too close for comfort for me. I've been an advocate for Seattle. I love the Seattle Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson. But 23-17 to 17 is not a good outcome against this Philadelphia Eagles team, which has just been absolutely atrocious. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, Philadelphia's got some big problems. I've been an advocate for Carson Wentz, but some of these throws in this game, he just looks like he's forgotten how to play football in a sense. Uh, and I don't know how. He was just an MVP candidate just two years ago, James, back in 2018 oh, yeah. before that uh, before that leg injury. And now he just looks terrible. Now he just looks right. terrible. I mean, he threw he – I don't know if you watched that pass uh, to the Seattle defender. Just completely yeah. threw right in the end zone, right to the Seattle defender. It wasn't even close to anybody. He wanted it to to go to Seattle. He he's yeah, but they, they're all confused over there because Jalen Hurts. I no, yeah, I think that Hurts. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, comes out and Winch was like, I think looked at him like, "Why are you out here?" And I guess looked at the sideline like, "Huh?" And then called yeah. a timeout. Complete disarray. But that's Philly for you. Whatever we we move on to. I think that's all of week 12, right? We finally move on to week 13. Yeah, we're going to just run through week 13 quick and just say, uh, Hank and Dick, real quick in the in the chat real quick. Fun fact, since week one, Seattle has only had one double-digit win, and that was by 10 points. Uh, Hank, my argument for that would be their defense has just been atrocious. Um, it's just been atrocious because you know what you're going to get with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, along with guys like Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, some great offensive weapons, but – that defense kills them. It's like the Giants in a sense, Hank, except vice versa. Seattle's offense is great. Their defense is horrible. The Giants' defense is phenomenal, 
and their offense is horrible. But quickly, we're going to do two quick things. We're just going to run through week 13 preview real quick, and then we're going to just show the quick uh, quick pick graphic, and then we'll close it out, James. Sound good? It sounds good. Russo, you want me to explain the week 13 schedule change real quick? Yeah, everybody go ahead. All righty. So since we had a Wednesday game of week 12, we do not have a game tomorrow, unfortunately. I know it's very disappointing, but catch Big Blue tomorrow on Review and Preview. Uh, that is your week 13 game in a sense. But no, go check them out. It should be a good show. Uh, they got, I think Lance, they got Lance Meadow coming on, I think tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good show. All right. So no Thursday game tomorrow, but uh, after today's Wednesday game. So let's clear all this up. This upcoming. So no, so this Thursday game that was supposed to be tomorrow has been moved to Tuesday, 12-8. Dallas, first of all, Baltimore, that to give Baltimore the rest. So they moved to the 805 slot on Tuesday. That's 12-8 Dallas and Baltimore. So then Sunday stays the same. There's no changes on Sunday. Enjoy your Sunday uh, football like normal. Monday, we get an extra game. Monday, 12-7. That's the date. Uh, we get an extra game at 5 p.m. We get Washington versus Pittsburgh. That's to get Pittsburgh the same amount of time off as pretty much everybody else. So Washington at Pittsburgh at 5. And then we get our actual Monday night game. Doesn't change. Buffalo at San Francisco stays at 8.15. Also remember, San Francisco is at Arizona. So don't be confused when you see Arizona. If you see Arizona logos, that's because San Francisco had to move to Arizona due, the, due to the new COVID cases in San Francisco. So that's all your rundown. Hopefully none, nothing else changes. Everybody's all straight with that. So no Thursday game. We get a Tuesday game next week, and we get two, two Monday games. Good explanation, James. Really crazy for Dallas, though. That would be almost two weeks without playing a football game because they played on played last Thursday, Thanksgiving, yep. and they're not playing until Tuesday. So almost two full weeks off. So Tuesday. hopefully prep a little bit for a decimated <laughs> opponent in Baltimore. We'll um, have to see. But back to the Sunday games. The Giants play Seattle. In Seattle, um, I mean, the defense is going to keep them in the game. The offense, I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything. The Giants side of the ball, Cleveland goes to Tennessee. I like Tennessee in this game, James. Um, Washington and Pittsburgh. I think this is low-key one of the best trap games of the week. Because like I said, I don't think Washington is a bad team. And Pittsburgh now, especially with the Bud Dupree loss, major loss on the defense, even though the defense is still stacked, I give Washington a shot. I'm not dumb enough to pick them in my quick picks, but I wouldn't be be surprised if Washington wins this game. I I just wouldn't be surprised. Um, We'll have to see. The Rams – James, the Rams play the Jets? Are you sure about that? You know, I checked and then looking it over, let let me double check. I don't Um, think they do. I think the Rams play Arizona. Did yeah, I get? Rams I player. might have gotten them confused. Oh, oh, then. oh, you got it confused with the Raiders. The Raiders. My bad. Yes. The Raiders no, play the that's Jets. So good. The Raiders play the Jets. I expect the, the Raiders to come out on fire just because of how like they got beaten the past week against Atlanta. Cincinnati goes to Minnesota. This is what I was talking about. Minnesota can crawl back into the playoff race against the decimated Cincinnati team. Indianapolis versus Houston. This would have been a good game, I think, 
But now Will Fuller has been suspended for the rest of the season due to PED use, substance abuse yes. uh, for the Houston Texans. So now Deshaun Watson has absolutely nobody. You feel bad for him. Indianapolis shouldn't have a problem with that game. Detroit versus Chicago. Andy, your Bears might be able to win a game and get somewhat back on track after starting off 5-1. and one. Um, This game is so bad, it's going to be entertaining because it's going to come right down to the wire again like it did the first time. Um, New Orleans versus Atlanta. New Orleans shouldn't have a hard time in this game. Uh, the Rams versus Arizona. Again, I think that's one of the best games of the week. Yeah, no doubt. Probably one of the best games of the week. Yep. Again, if Kyler Murray, if the shoulder injury is not, I'm not going to say just a fluke, but if it heals up well, I think this can be an offensive shootout potentially. Um, I think the Rams will come out victorious in this game because I don't believe Kyler Murray is completely healed, but should be a good game. Uh, New England versus the Chargers. So, the as James has written here for us very nicely, uh, will the mastermind <laughs> coach confuse the young gun? I'm not going to say that he's going to confuse him. It's just that the Chargers just, just don't know how to win football games. And it's not because of Justin yeah. Herbert. They just don't know how to win yeah. football games. Uh, Philadelphia, Green Bay. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> these games and schedules, man. Who's coming out with these schedules? These are, This is a primetime game. That's horrible. Is it? Yeah, I I didn't put the times on it only because it's. Is that is that the Sunday night games? I I really hope so. I really hope not. I, I'm checking. That... I have the app right open now. Um, so Packers and Eagles are the 4:25 game on CBS. Okay, they're the 4:25. My my apologies, but still, the, that's the a prime Sunday time game. night that's game. Still terrible though. Oh, it's uh, uh, Kansas City versus the Broncos. So that's the Sunday Mahomes, night game. That's the Mahomes and Hill is going to have another field day. Oh God! Uh, people need to change around this stuff because that is not—that is not a prime uh, a team that didn't even have a quarterback last week is going to be the prime time game this upcoming Sunday. Oh boy! And hopefully Denver will have a healthy quarterback. I don't know who it's going to be—Brett Ripon or Drew Locke or whoever they got. But maybe they'll call you. I'll send them out my number. All right. But James, quickly before we wrap it up, just uh, let's go through the quick pick. Real quick. Yes. So I have that up here. So let me remove this other okay. banner. So, ladies and so, gentlemen. Oh, James, you go through. You go through. You yep. take the floor. As, as you see, Russo is the winner of this week. Kyle won. Um, these are not everybody at this moment. Everybody won in Pittsburgh. Everybody picked Pittsburgh. The only difference that we have to update, I couldn't update because we were live, was there's just an w- extra win that's not on here. Don't worry. It's all correct. I just have to add that on. I'll be correct for next week. Um, so we Russo wins this week. Gabe is the loser of this week. Actually, Gabe's punishment is he will be No, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. He we will be we don't performing spoil something. It. I know he will, he will be, be performing, performing something, something. And we should you should expect to see that up on our channel, up on Facebook, I believe Friday at some point in time. That will be yes. up. So Gabe is the loser of this week, but he stays in second only because he has 139 points. Russo has 140 points. Tom comes in third. Again, we had a phenomenal week of picking other than Gabe. Uh, Kyle went 12 and three. Gabe went six and nine. Tom went 10 and five. Tom has 138 points at this point in time. And I went 11 and four, four. Um, with 136 points. So it's a very, again, tightly close race. Um, if Gabe probably didn't have a bad week, he would have won. Yeah, and Gabe, you helped me out tremendously, man. Helped me get back into this thing. So, 
that is quick picks of this week. We look forward to seeing who the winner is next week as well. And that'll do it for the both of us. On behalf of myself, so, Kyra, Ruth, and James. Oh, we're not done yet. James, what do you we're got? We're not done yet. We got some schedule changes. Um, quick thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes Bruce, this is Bruce two times now. This is two times that I've been I, cut off mid, mid-outro. But continue. <laughs> I, I am sorry. I, I you no, should. No, it's not your fault. That. It's my own fault. It's my so, own fault. Next week, well, weeks going forward, we're going to change it up a little bit around here. Yeah. Uh, Arch review and preview. Me, Kyle, Tom are going to be moving to Tuesdays. We will no longer be on Wednesdays. We will be moving to Tuesdays starting next week. We'll go from our normal time seven to eight thirty, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. Um. So we are moving to Tuesdays. So what does that mean for the North Pole? What that means for the North Pole, Gabe and the North Pole will be moving to Wednesdays. So they'll be taking, he will be taking our slot on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. That starts next week. We'll we'll make sure we get it out on social media at the end of this week, along over the weekend. That way we give you guys the, the correct updated times and all that good stuff. Again, subscribe to our YouTube channel down below. And Russo, I think that's all I had. So. Are we going to do another outro? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that'll do it uh, for this edition of Review and Preview, folks. Another fun show uh, done by the tandem of Kyle Russo and James Montefusco. James, as always, great co-hosting with you, man. Uh, Had a really good show, really good time over the course of this last hour and 40. Uh, Folks, make sure, as usual, to follow us on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports, on Instagram as well at Review and Preview, on the anchor, .fm, slash review and preview and on our new youtube channel make sure to like and subscribe uh we got all of our videos as far as the last couple weeks maybe even a month up to this point uh on that channel as well so make sure to subscribe to that at review and preview sports and that'll do it for myself kyle russo along here with james montefusco on this edition of review and preview folks thank you all for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed good night everybody